Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 says this. We're finishing up a series today. And it's called The Church, super creative series. We're finishing it up today, and our key scripture has been Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I want you to know that in life, whatever it is that you're building, whether it be a house, whether it be a a marriage, whether it be a family, whether it be a church, come on, guys, it's important that we build it properly. Like you can build it improperly. You can, you can cut corners, right? You can, you can think that the little things are not important. I appreciated so much Pastor uh, Dave, Dr. Dave's message that he had shared just a few weeks back on, on the different gifts. And, and in life, isn't that kind of how we are? We'll look at one person's giftings and say, well, that gift is so much better than this other person's gift that, you know, it's, they're, they're not out front. They're just kind of behind the scenes. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't have nails keeping stuff together, you don't have anything worth keeping, right? There's a lot of things that are behind the scenes that are the very things that hold whatever it is that's valuable to you together. And I want to encourage you to embrace your gift, whatever it is that God has called you to do. It's unique, right, to you. And don't, don't, don't be frustrated because it's not something else, but embrace it because it's well needed. It's well needed. And so it's important that we build things properly. God is setting up the church to be light and darkness in a dark world. Amen. How many of you know that the world is getting a little bit more darker every day? If you don't, I don't understand how you cannot come to that conclusion. If you don't, your eyes are just not open. Maybe you're completely blind already. I don't know. But it's getting darker and darker every day. And God is setting up his church to be light In a dark world. And that's exactly what we are and what we're supposed to be. But we have to be authentic. We have to be honest. We have to be passionate, right? We have to be diverse. Come on, we have to be spirit-led. We have to be spirit-driven. I was talking to our staff just this last week, I believe. I've, I've had this conversation this last week with multiple people. But God is not calling us to be a carbon copy of what everybody else is. And I'm not saying that you can't glean things that other churches are doing that are good and, and, and incorporate those things and, and God use that as well. But if you're always reaching for what somebody else is doing, you might not have the ability to pick up what God is calling you to do because you're too busy, you know, juggling things that you're not supposed to be doing, right? So we cannot be carbon copy Christians. We can't be a carbon copy church. So today we're going to talk about a part of the church that's super important. It's not just a good idea, but it's a God idea. And that is the value and the importance of relationships. The church requires real relationships. And with that, I just want to give a big shout out. We had our men's breakfast yesterday and we had 51 guys show up, 50 one men show up to our men's breakfast yesterday 
And guess what? We're going to have these every other week, every other week. Once a month is not enough. And this is my promise to you. It's going to be on time. The food's going to be ready at nine o'clock, right? And it's going to last an hour and you're going to walk away full and you're going to walk away with something that you can utilize. Come on to build a better life as a man of God. Amen. Right. It's going to be worth your time. It's going to be worth your time. And so please, um, we don't have one this upcoming Saturday, but if you haven't come yet, come the following Saturday and I promise you it'll be of value to you. So relationships, they're not an option, right? Relationships are necessary in the church. It's, I've shared this multiple times before, but it, it's crazy. And, and, and this was prophesied over me a long time ago that, that you, need to, you need to shift your change from being a pastor of just Grace Church. You really need to start looking at yourself as being a pastor to the community, and, and, and I've, I've allowed myself to do that, um, uh, you know, a little bit to, 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 to get involved in areas that are going to make a big difference in the community. And then, of course, you're always going to have an opportunity to share the, the, you know, the voice of reason or the voice of truth in whatever area that you're involved with. Right. And so it's not uncommon for me to be approached by people that do not come to Grace Community Church for counseling. And so when I'm sitting down and visiting with somebody that I do not know or do not know real well and and they want a little bit of counsel, you know, I'm like, OK, there has to be some sort of a religious background, right? There has to be some sort of a why would they come to a pastor to get help if there wasn't a, an element of faith that was present, you know? And so I'll ask them, I'll be like, hey, what's your relationship like with the Lord? And oh, man, I love Jesus. I love God. You know, I'm like, wow, that's great. We can start because that's I'm a pastor, you know, and um, that's that's fantastic. And and I'll be like, well, if you love God so much, why are you not in? You know, why aren't you involved in a church? Why don't you belong to a church? And they're like, well, I do belong to a church. I'm like, yeah, OK, wait a second. You belong to a church. You love Jesus, you got a church family, but you're coming to a stranger to come and get counseling for whatever issues that you're dealing with. And this is the response. Well, yeah, there's no way I could go to my pastor or my bishop or whatever with and share the, you know, the details that I'm that I'm OK to share with you because we don't have a relationship. And I'm just saying this is the most crazy idea in my mind. And the reason is, is because. We are masked up people. We are a people that our outward appearance is more important than our inward well-being or our inward, come on, health. You're more worried about what your pastor and if, my goodness, God help us, is going to think of you or what people are going to think of you that you have relationship with, strong relationship with, than getting this issue come on, resolved and fixed. And I'm just saying that if you don't see the issue in that, then you need to start praying that God would open your eyes to the message that I'm sharing with you today. Like if you're one of those people is like, I don't, I don't, what's the point? Then pray that God would open your eyes and reveal that that is the craziest thought that a person can have. If you can't go to the people that love you the most and know you the most to get the help that you need the most, there's something wrong with that. 
There's something wrong with that. All right? So we mask up. We act like things are good when they're not. It's like the couple that's fighting. And I'm guilty of this. I'm speaking to myself. I'm not even putting this on anybody else. If you don't think that Tina and I can get after it, we can. And we're real good at it. And man, hairballs can be flying and everything. Just like, wah, wah. And then all of a sudden the phone rings. You're like, hey, man, how's it going? Like you shift from, ah, hey, brother, how you doing? What's going on? Oh, man, I was just thinking about you the other day. <laughs> Come on. It's funny because you are the same way that I am. Right? It's like, no, I haven't been fighting with my wife for the last 15 minutes. No, everything's fine in the Turner household. Right, baby? Right. <laughs> She's in the back, so that's good. Ecclesiastes 4, chapter 8 says this. There was a man that was all alone. And we can read a scripture like this because there's a lot of scripture. We can read a scripture like this and just kind of pass right on over, over the top of it. There was a man that was all alone. And I want you to know that loneliness and anxiety and depression is, I believe wholeheartedly, the number one crisis in America right now. It's not COVID-19. That's a crisis. I'm not dumbing that down. But listen, loneliness, anxiety, depression, isolation is a far worse, come on, issue than COVID-19 is right now. That's the truth. If you don't believe me, this is a study that was just out of Japan in the year 2020. One out of four Japanese folks under the age of 30 contemplated suicide 25 percent one out of four contemplated suicide in the month of october in the year 2020 in japan there was more suicide that took place in that one month than covid deaths in the whole year if you don't think that isolation and anxiety and depression and and these types of things are killing more people than any other thing else right now going on then then we're just not paying attention people are sick in their soul they're sick from from inside and they and they don't have a remedy oftentimes because they're not putting themselves out there nobody even knows that they're dealing with these deep issues because they are not walking in the close-quartered relationship that we're called to walk in. And that goes both ways. Like, we need to be available for people. But then also, we need to put ourselves out, you know, for people. Like, like I remember when I, when I knew that I was being called to the ministry. I just thought there was going to be a swarm of people that would just come to me and say, Travis, let me show you what I know. And, and let me take you under my wing. And... And that never happened. But you know what I did? I went out and I sought out people. I sought out people. And I was a good, uh, uh, I asked good questions and a lot of questions. And so, so I assembled people around me, come on, that could, that could help me. So there's this man that's all alone. He had neither son or brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So he's a very wealthy guy. For who am I toiling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? Go down, it says two are better than one. 
because they have a good return for their labor. And this is a multiplied effect, like one person can do the job of one man. Two people, they don't do the job of just two men, they do the job of four men. It's a multiplied effect. You can get more done with two than just two days labor or, or, or labor of two. So if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help them up. And I'm telling you, it's unfortunate. But there's a lot of people in our world today, maybe even in this room, though you're surrounded by people. If you were to fall down, you're like, I really don't have anybody in my life to help me up. This is a very sad thing online. You may be surrounded by people, but you're just like, man, if I really go through the, you know, difficult times, you know what I mean? The, the, nobody's really going to be there to help me up and it ought not be that way. Also, this reminds me of my Marine Corps days, kind of weird, but also if two lie down together, they will keep warm. I'm telling you, I have been so bone cold, chilly in the core that the only way that you're going to be able to make it through a night is cuddle up with your buddy. And that's weird. But I was thankful for them every single time. Right? You, you actually save a life by, by being in close proximity like that. with somebody. Every time I read that, I think about that. Two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Come on, you watch the Discovery Channel. What do you see? You see at the Discovery Channel, you see the lions or the hyenas. What do they do? They're looking for the weak vessel. And if they separate, right, that, that weak vessel, that's a bad day for that one, that one water buffalo or whatever it is that's separate, from the rest of the crowd. I like the ones. The YouTube videos. Where the whole team. Come back after. The lions. And, and just mess them up. And I like lions. But I just think that's so cool. Like you can do a lot. With, a, with, 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 with more people. Right? There's a, there's a show of force. You're stronger. With more people. You can have water buffaloes. Take on lions. And win. Right? Life changes. In the context of relationship. You know, I grew up watching some really, really cool shows, and I'm sure you grew up watching some of the same. Anybody remember MASH 4077? I love me some MASH 4077. I grew up watching Cheers. Cheers. You guys remember that? Cheers. So I, I, I got the theme song here. I'm just going to read the words to the theme song of Cheers to you. It says, making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Boy, isn't that the truth? You know what I mean? Things, are, things require a little bit more of us today. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Boy, that's true as well, isn't it? How many of you just get consumed with all your worries and, and just being able to take a break from those worries, it can help a, a great deal. Wouldn't you just like to get away? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I do. Thank you, Jesus. Is this a worship song? Is this a worship song? I'm feeling the spirit move right now. Wouldn't you like to just get away? Sometimes you want to go where everyone knows your name. And they're always glad that you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles. They're all the same. Penny, 
Some of the stuff you deal with, I deal with. Josh, I guarantee you some of the stuff you deal with, I deal with. Javi, I know for a fact some of the stuff you deal with, I deal with. And the truth is, is, is all of us deal with the same. In fact, I could go to my brothers in Uganda and guess what? They're dealing with the same stuff that I deal with. And so, so I love that. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everyone knows your name. Listen, this is talking about a bar. And unfortunately, the truth is, is sometimes in a bar, people are going to find more fellowship, short-term fellowship, harmful fellowship, difficult fellowship, troublesome fellowship, but they're going to find more fellowship sometimes in a bar than they will in a church. And I'm just saying this, that the church should be the place, come on, where, where you go and, and folks know who you are. Where you, can, where you don't have to put on to be better than, than, than what you are. But you can be real and authentic and know that that person or those people, come on, are going to be a support to you and a strength to you and not hurt you even, even more, right? So one of the ways that we do this, right? Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate that. You started something. You just do that about every five minutes and we'll be good to go. Um, one way that we do this is in and through connect groups, right? We, we, we have connect groups, small groups, life groups, cell groups. Yeah, I don't care what you call them, but, but we have these groups and our groups are launching back up in September. And one of the, one of the, the pushes that I think my wife even brought this about in staff meeting, one of the pushes that we're trying to do is we've got affinity groups, like we've got motorcycle riding groups and we've got... Uh, you know, interest groups and we've got food groups, praise the Lord for food groups and, and prayer groups and all these different kinds of groups. Like you can lead any kind of group that you want to lead, but I'm telling you what we need is we need more Bible study groups. So I'm asking you right now, if you're a man or a woman and, and you, maybe you've read a book or you've heard about a great book that's going to give you enough time to go through that book in the case to lead a group then I'm asking you to step up and, and to lead because we need everybody participating. Come on in a connect group, right? So we, we go September, October, November and take off the month of December. We do January, February, March, take off the months of, of uh, you know, April, do May, June and July, take off the month of August. And so that's how we run them. We've got one coming up. I just wonder if you're called to lead a group. I believe you are. I believe you are. So Sundays are awesome, but I'm telling you what, the real life happens throughout the week. Like there was a great deal of life that took place yesterday morning. And I was so happy. Jed Thomas, man, got up and just gave such an incredible word. If you were there and you appreciated that, just put your hands together for the word of encouragement that Jed had brought, right? So good. But there's life that takes place and happens throughout the week. Like Sunday's life is taking place here. You're being stirred up and encouraged. But man, if you just leave it here and don't take it with you, you know, throughout the rest of the week, then we have absolutely missed it. We've missed it. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need me. And whoever, whoever was on the receiving end of that, turn back to them and say, well, you need me more. 
There are sides to life, sides to life. Every one of us have a public view in life, right? We've got a public view. A public view is where I know this about me and you know this about me. It's public. And Jesus in his day, come on, he warned against, he confronted public display religion. Matthew chapter three, uh, 23 and verse 5 says this, everything that the religious leaders do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries, phylacteries, phylacteries. They make their phylacteries, that's a funny word. They make their phylacteries wide and tassels on their garments long. I had to look up, what's a phylactery? A phylactery is a, it's a leather box that, that, that these men, they would, they would strap to their forehead. And there were words from the Torah that were inside the, inside the box. And so the idea was, was wow, look, I've got the word. How, what does Jesus do? He, he says, listen, I want to take the word that's on the outside and put it on the inside. Right? That would be like you if you were wanting to show your spirituality off. You just took your, your King James, like the big one, not the little pocket size. And you put a little leather strap around, around it and you just wore it on the front of your head, you know, all day long. Wow, that guy must be a Bible scholar. You know, he wears the, the word of God on his head like that. Matthew 23 and verse 27 says this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones and, and dead and everything unclean. And I'm just saying today. That it's very possible that you can be in the house of the Lord today. You're smiling on the outside. Come on, you put your Sunday's vest on and you did your hair and you, you know, you, you, you're all put together and, and, and you can, you can throw a mask on your face. Like everything is okay, but you can come in here and you can be absolutely dead on the inside. Like the spirit of God is not even alive and well in you. Or if so, it's so faint because we haven't stirred it up. And I'm just saying, listen. Is it really better? God put this on my heart years, over 12 years ago. Do you think God's interested in us looking like we've got our stuff together or actually trusting him enough to get our stuff together? Right? Then there's a mass life. This is the second kind of life, a masked life, one that we're very familiar with. This is the part of my life that I know about, but you don't know about. I want you to know this, that I, your pastor, has secrets that you don't know about. There are things in my life that you don't know about. I'm going to tell you one right now. No, I'm not, because it's none of your business. <laughs> it's absolutely none of your business. See, the problem isn't having a secret because you have secrets, too. And if you say that you don't have secrets. Then you're not being truthful and honest with yourself or anybody else in here. There are things that you know about you that not very many people know about you. See, the problem isn't having a secret. The problem is when nobody knows, like zero people know your secret. Like somebody needs to know your secret. Not everybody needs to know your secret, but somebody needs to know your secret. 
I know things about Pastor Javi. He knows things about me. I look at Jim. Jim's back in the back. Jim and I, we've had some conversations. Jim knows things about me that nobody else in here knows about me. And if you find out about those things, then I'm going right to Jim. I'm like, and I know things about Jim, right? So somebody needs to know what it is that you might be going through or struggling with. You understand what I'm saying? Not everybody needs to know what you're going through or struggling with. That would be a little bit foolish because people don't handle information properly. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse one says this, since God has so generously led us in on what he is doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. We refuse to wear masks. I underline that and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. You know what's crazy to me is more today than any other time in my life. I have conversations with Christians that know what God's word says. But because they have a different opinion or a different experience or they've been close to somebody that's walked something out. They totally give a pass as to why God's word is not is not valid in that situation or primary. This is happening in the church. And I'm telling you, if you are a slider on any part of the word, then you're, you might as well throw the whole dang book out the window. You cannot pick and choose. You can't do it. You can't. And I have these conversations often. With people. And I'm telling you, if you don't believe that the word of God is true and every man is a liar, you should probably change religions. His word is true. And if you have a different opinion than his word, that means, my friend, with all the love in the world, you are a liar. You are a liar. God's word is not wrong. We have to stand. On God's word, even if we find ourselves looking in the mirror and living a life that is contradictory to God's word. I have I've done this multiple times. God, I'm struggling in this area, but your word is true. What we do and what we're doing more and more. Do you know we live in the day where good is going to be called evil and evil is going to be called good? I never pictured in a thousand years, not even that long. I never pictured in my lifetime that it would be done by Christians. Done by Christians saying, you know, this thing that God calls evil is really good. It's really good. But that's the day in that we live in. And if you're dealing with that, repent of your sins right now. Repent of your sins and ask God to forgive you right now. Don't, don't continue in, in, that, in that vein. Come on, we've got to, we've got, even whenever I look in the mirror and I'm like, my life is not adding up to what God's word says. Praise God for that. But his word is still true. I'm not going to make it more comfortable for me, or at least I'm going to try not to make it more comfortable for me, Right? His word is true and I'm the liar. All right. I, we, we're a smart people. All right. 
And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything that we do and say out in the open. The whole truth on display so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. So why would we not live out loud? The reason why we would not live out loud and be honest with our shortcomings is maybe because we've tried it in the past and we got burnt because of it. But that's no excuse. I remember when I was like three years old. I don't remember, but I remember the stories about when I was three years old. I was up underneath the kitchen table and, and we had one of those old uh, like coffee pots. And my mom was boiling water in this in this coffee pot for tea or something else. And and I was crawling around under the table and I got a hold of of the cord that was plugged into the into the wall and I pulled the cord and that hot hot coffee came or that water um, that was in that coffee pot came down and just just nailed me all over my body and I had these terrible burns all over my body as 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 a baby well what if I remembered that to the point and the tragedy the pain which I don't remember and I just remember the stories but what if I remembered it so vividly that 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 the tragedy and the pain was so horrific that I just said at that time for the rest of my life I will have nothing to do with water again So because of the tragedy now I quit living because I have to have I have to have water. And I'm just telling you this. You have to have relationships. You have to have real authentic relationships. And, and in a day. And this is another thing that's being coined all the time. Make your circle small. Make your circle small. I've heard more of make your circle small. In the past five years. Six years. Than I, than, than I think it's been coined in the past five or six years. Is that really what God wants you to do? Even though you've got some relationships that are going to be like real tight circles because not everybody can be at that same level, right? We still need to have big circles because your life is called to count and be influential. Friendship, C.S. Lewis said this, friendship is born the moment that one person says to another, what? You too? Man, I thought I was the only one. That's what happens when you really begin to share life with people. You find out that they're going through a lot of the same things you're going through. John 3, 16. Love this verse. Best verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I'm just asking you. That's salvation. But let's not stop there. We always stop there. Let's keep going. It says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world through him. See, I want you to know this, that Jesus came in the world to set you free and not just to make you feel bad. A lot of people think that he just came to make you feel bad for, you know, how far off you are. The Bible says that whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they've not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is another big thing that Christians are grabbing hold of. Well, Jesus might not be the only way to the father. Yes, he is. There's no other way. He's the only way. Right? So whoever believes in him is not condemned. But the people that don't believe in Jesus, they're condemned already. Because they've not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Lights come into the world. 
But people love the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Why do people love the darkness? Because they, their deeds are evil. They don't want to get help. They don't want to get fixed. They don't want to be real. They, they want to walk in, in, in lies and not in truth. Right? Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. And God is saying, listen, don't be that person. Listen to me. God already knows where you're at, Anthony. He knows where he knows everything about you. He knows everything. Monty, there is nothing that you have done that God has not seen. Even the worst thing that you've ever done. God was there. He's seen it. And so, so if he sees all things and he knows all things, you know, but, but we try to cover, you know, these same things. He's like, listen, I already know it. Just bring it to me. Give it to me. Come on, let me help you with it. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. So what do we do? James 5, 16. This is a solution. Lots of scripture today. I hope you appreciate it. Bible says, confess your sins, not to God, to each other. Why? That you may be healed. See, there's a lot of people that I believe are saved because they've, 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 they've asked, they've repented of their sins and asked God to forgive them of their sins and they are saved. But there's a lot of wounded Christians because they have failed to find somebody, come on, to get real and authentic with and open up to. It says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who was one of you and a servant of Jesus Christ, sends his greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I'm telling you, what you need is you need an Epaphras in your life. But the only way that you're going to find an Epaphras in your life is if you are honest with the Epaphras in your life. There's no way that somebody can hit their knees. I mean, you can have intercessory prayer and maybe God gives a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, you know, to somebody and they can just start interceding for you. But I'm telling you what, Steve, that the best way for this to happen is for you to come to me or somebody else. You're struggling. You're fighting with Jen. I know she's hard to get along with. I mean, I know. I know. No, I'm just totally. Uh, she's like, oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> now you're in a fight and you didn't even ask for it. But you come and you're just like, hey, listen, man. Play. Pastor, marriage is hard. I'm like, yeah, brother. It's hard. Can you pray for us, man? We're just going through some, some issues. And I'm like, and I'm like, absolutely. And, and I know it. Like, I know it. I'm not going to go put it on the prayer chain. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I know it. And so what I can do in my quiet time is I can go before the Lord and just say, man, thank God for Steve and Jen and their lives and all that God that you're doing in and through them. And, and God, there's a, there's a target on their back. There's a target on their back because of the good things that you're doing in their life. And Lord, I just pray that you set up a hedge of protection around them, God. And when they communicate, Lord, let them, let them, let them work on listening more than being, you know, more than speaking and, and just all of these things. And, and now all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? There's a three stranded cord involved and all of a sudden the Lord's involved and we're going to the Lord and, 
in prayer. And, and next thing you know, I see Steve and he just doesn't say, oh man, everything's great because he's putting a mask on. He's like, man, I don't know what, but we had some breakthrough and, and things are, things are moving the right direction. We need some epaphrases in our life, but the only way that you're going to have that is if you're, if you're open enough and have a relationship enough with somebody to say, listen, I'm really not doing well. I'm not doing well. Could use some help. The next thing I want to share with you is number three. All of us in life have blind spots. How much time do I got? 1148. How much time do I got? All I need. I like that. All right. We have blind spots. These are areas that you don't see, but everybody else sees. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I had a chance to go out on a golf course with a, with a guy, get to know him a little bit more this, this last week. And, and I saw him every time he would approach the ball. You know what I mean? Golf life is about rhythm. Let me just tell you, if you are, if you're having a hard time with something, ask the question, how does rhythm play into this? So he's doing his, he does his approach, right? Goes back instead of just nice fluid. This is what he does. Just chops it. Having a hard time hitting the ball. Now listen, I learned a long time ago, you only give advice that's asked for on the golf course. Don't ever start coaching somebody if they're not asking for it. In fact, this plays true in life, right? Then there was another time he was, he was using a, a certain club and, and he was teeing it up with these big Texas tees and, and he would swing it and that ball would go 100 yards in the air and 50 yards out. 100 yards up and 50 yards out. He's like, dang it, what am I doing? And I'm like, he hasn't asked yet. And then he asked, and I said, hey, just a couple of things. I'm not a coach. In fact, just try it, and if it works, great. And if not, just throw it all away. But I just gave him some instruction, and he's like, oh, man, I've heard that from all my friends as far as the rhythm goes. You know, the rhythm goes. It's like not just fast and jerky, but. And so, man, sure enough, great shots. And I was like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I I wasn't, I wasn't, that'll be $5. <laughs> no, we had a big time, but I'm just telling you that that's the case in this situation. But I guarantee you, I've been on the golf course with other people and they're thinking in their mind, boy, if he would just do this, or if he would just do that. See, you have to have two things. You have to have eyeballs and honesty. You have to have somebody that's willing to t take a look at you. And what you're going through. And then be bold enough whenever the door is open to be honest about it. We have eyeballs a lot of the times. But because we want everybody to you know, feel fluffy and feel great. We're not willing to have a hard conversation with somebody. That can potentially make them better. Right? I don't like it when people tell me that, I'm, that I've missed it in an area. But guess what? If they will do it, I get better because of it. So we've got a world today. Well, no, 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 you're great. That dress looks wonderful on you. <laughs> Proverbs 27 and 6, just so you know that I'm not making these things up. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And we have a lot of people that will tell you what you want to hear 
what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. Not saying here, I'm just saying in the world, all right? Hebrews 3.12, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you is sinful. Uh, None of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from God, from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Like, listen, how are you going to be encouraged daily if you don't have anybody in your life, come on, that that is a Christian man or a Christian woman, to encourage you daily? Like, the result is so that none of you may be hardened By sin's deceitfulness. Two are better than one. Four eyeballs are better than two. Right? Two opinions are better than one. In most cases. Number four is this. And I'm closing. The last thing that we have is potential. Potential is where I don't see it in my life. And you don't see it in my life. But God sees it in my life. Potential. John Maxwell said it like this. Potential is God's gift to us. But developing it is our gift to God. Like you, you need people in your life. You, matter of fact, sometimes we get so caught up with sharing life with people that are just like us. God will use sometimes the most unassuming person. The person that is completely opposite from who you are. Come on, to help you to elevate and get where God's calling you to go. They got a different way of looking at things, a different perspective, a different view. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe different gifts, but, but sometimes we're not putting ourselves out there to even find and build these relationships. How in the world is that going to happen? Come on, if your circle is just, you know, me and a couple other people that I've known for, you know, 40 or 50 years. Like, listen, God will use people. My good friend, Scott, uh, Pastor Scott, he says life travels at the speed of relationship. And that's absolutely the truth. Somebody will, you know, somebody will be used to elevate you. In fact, another good friend of mine, Mickey from Arkansas, he, he always said he's had, he's had one of these deep southern voices. And I've shared this probably a hundred times here. But he said, now, Travis, he said, if you're walking down a fence line. And you see a turtle that's perched up on top of the fence post. He said, chances are it didn't get there by himself. (laughs) And to me, that paints a beautiful picture of just a turtle perched up on a fence post. Don't know how he's going to get down. But guess what? He's been elevated because somebody helped him get to that high place. And I'm telling you, these things are done in and through relationships. Colossians 2.19, last verse is this. The whole body is supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews. Grows as God causes it to grow. I'm telling you that we need one another. I want to encourage you to get involved in a group. Be involved. Be committed to the church. Some of you, you're finding your way back in the church right now and and, um, and you've, you've maybe built some habits that, that, uh, that are not the best habits. I can do with it or I can do without it. Online, maybe you're at home and you've built some bad habits. God bless you for being online. We love that. But I'm telling you what, the relationships are here. And with these folks throughout the week and different people throughout the week, get back to church as you feel comfortable and confident in coming back but we need you come on we got to take it from me to we 
right? We got to move from me to we. If you want to get to the end of your life and, and, and to be able to say, wow, my life has been a life of significance, it's because you learned to serve people well. A life of significance is all about helping other people. I see it every single funeral that I get. There, there's something that goes on in my mind. Wow, from everything I've heard, this person really served people well. The flip side of that is unfortunately, this person really served themselves well. And a life of legacy and a life of significance, I'm telling you, from the front row seat of a pastor, I should write a book from a pastor's eyes or a pastor's perspective. I'm telling you, lives that are significant and leave a legacy are lives that serve other people, not lives that are just focused on me and maybe a few we, right? Pay attention. Pay attention. Next funeral you go to. Hopefully it's not anybody close to you. Hopefully it's not yours. That was funny. That was funny. That was funny. Terrible humor, but still funny. So this is the deal. The most incredible relationship that you can focus on today is a relationship with Jesus. And the truth is, is none of this really matters unless you know him. You have to know Jesus, not just know of him, not just, you know what I mean? Yeah, grandma and grandpa. And, but do you know him? Do you know him? You personally, do you know him? Like if you were, if, if the next funeral, like literally I'm turning a bad joke into a, a powerful truth. If the next funeral that you do go to was yours, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to spend time in eternity with Jesus? Because not everybody is saved. I'm telling you, we like to think that. We categorize. Everybody goes to heaven and everybody's in a better place. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. It's not biblical. This is another stretch that we try to make everybody feel good. But we're not at a funeral today. We're not concerned with making everybody feel good. What we're concerned with is the truth of God's word. And that is that not everybody goes to heaven. But if you were to pass... Would you go to heaven? Well, I don't know. How would I know? This is a big question. I want to know. I don't know. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten of the Father? Do you believe that he lived a sinless life? He was born of a virgin Mary. He died on a cross and he was rose again for the third day. Willingly died on a cross for you and for me that anybody that would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Have you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life and lead your life? Your life is not going to be perfect after this happens, but have you done this prayer? Have you, have you surrendered to the Lord? Have you said, Lord, I am a complete mess, but I'm trusting in you and let's do this thing together. If you have, then your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It's there. So when you die, you continue to live. I believe because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If you don't know Jesus, there's no other way that you're going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. And hell or Hades is a very real place. It's a very real place. It's a place that God doesn't want anybody to spend. It wasn't created for you and for me. But if we continue to deny him, continue to reject him, I promise you this, that you have had multiple times up to this point 
doesn't matter if you've ever stepped foot in a church to receive Jesus because he's revealed his goodness to you. He's revealed himself to you in some way, shape or form. And the only way that you're not following him right now is potentially because like me, I knew there was going to be a day where I followed him, but I just wanted to serve me for years and years and years and years. I was like, nope, nope. Rejection, rejection, rejection. Thank God I didn't die. And I had a chance to receive him, surrender to him. But I'm telling you, you can receive him today and you need to receive him today. If you do not know, come on, where you stand, because I'm telling you, life is not promised to any of us. It's not promised. You don't know if today's going to be your last day. And I'm not trying to dance on your emotions, but I'm being real with you. Guy driving a truck just the other day. Sad situation. Sad situation. He was doing his job just like he had done his job probably every single day. And by now, his family has received a phone call that he's not coming home. And I pray for his family. And I pray for, I pray for, for his soul. I pray that he knew, he, knew, he knew Jesus and he knows Jesus. Amen. I pray that his family knows Jesus. And if they don't, that they will come to know him. But tomorrow, you can go through life and you have a heart issue. You, you can be in the back of an ambulance saying, wow, like I was. Wow, this is what this is like. I may not make it. God, are we good? Are we really good, God? I think we're good, but are we good? And I was repenting just like it was the first time that I had ever repented and asked Jesus to come into my life. Peace of God came over me at that time. If you would like to receive Jesus this morning or rededicate your life to the Lord this morning, I'm just going to ask you right now just to slip a hand in the air just real quick with me. Keep them up. Hands in the air. Awesome. Amen. God bless you. Keep them up. We got a, we got a gift we're going to give you this morning. Awesome. Over here. Awesome. Right here. It's a beautiful couple. Anybody in the balcony? Best decision you can make. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask everybody this morning to stand with me. We're going to go before the Lord. This is what I want you to do. If you raised your hand this morning, what I want you to do is I want you just to pray this prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer, but I want you to make it your own prayer. Amen. Because the Bible says that whenever we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. So this has to come out of your own lips. It doesn't have to be loud. Not everybody needs to hear you. But speak it enough to where you can hear it in your own ears. Amen? Lord Jesus, you say, Lord Jesus, we come before you today and we thank you, Lord, for dying on that cross for my sins. Every person that has ever lived, minus one, has been a sinner, has been broken, in need of a Savior. And God, I thank you, Jesus, that you died on that cross willingly for me, for Travis. You had Travis's name on your mind. You took that punishment. You, you walked that shame. It's very difficult. I think of the time in the garden where you were so, there was so much pressure that you were actually crying and sweating blood because it was not easy for you. But God, you went to that cross and you did those things 
simply because you loved me. You loved all of these people. And today, Lord, what I do is I just receive you. I receive the gift of salvation. I receive it. I can't work for it. I can't earn it. I can't give enough money for it. I cannot be good enough. I simply just receive your gift of life, your gift of love to me. Jesus, I'm asking you, would you please forgive me of my sins this morning? Would you forgive me this morning of my wrong thinking? Would you forgive me, God, of the ways that I've hurt you and the ways that I've hurt other people and the ways that I've even hurt myself? God, would you please forgive me? Would you forgive me, God, for not trusting in you, not believing in you, not hoping in you? God, would you forgive me for not taking every opportunity to share you? Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you forgive me for my lying, my cheating, my stealing, my lust, my adultery? Would you forgive me, God, for my language? Would you forgive me for my thoughts? Would you forgive me for my anger? Would you forgive me? Would you forgive me of every sin? Would you forgive me whenever I don't measure up as a father? Would you forgive me when I don't measure up as a husband? Would you forgive me for my sins and my shortcomings? Would you forgive me for the poor business dealings that I've done? Would you forgive me? Would you just forgive me, Lord, today? Would you throw all of that garbage as far as the east is from the west? Never to be brought up against me again. Lord, I love you and I thank you and I receive that forgiveness right now by faith. Thank you, Jesus, that your grace and your mercy is new every day. You're a good God and I love you so much. And I receive you today in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said, amen and amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you... Uh, if you rose your hand on the inside, which I hope you can feel confident enough to raise your hand on the outside, we do have a gift for you. If you'd like to give your heart to the Lord, please see any one of our staff members and we'd like to get you that book and walk with you. But uh, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.